All right, it's time for the big show. Darren Smith from Kansas City stopped by to talk all things Super Bowl and maybe a little Eric Bieniemy drama. We also got Mr. Brown out with a toothache, or I think they just yanked something out of his gullet. We'll see how he's doing. Maybe he'll stop by. We got baseball, lockout issues, NBA All-Star Weekend, and more. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Turbo Tommy and Canadian B. Whoa, 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 wait, Turbo. Uh, where's Mr. Brown? Oh, he's back home with a toothache. He did you say he's got tampons in his mouth? <laughs> I think is that how we're going to start the show. That's how he described it was a mouth mouth tampon. Mouth uh, tampon. Poor Mr. Brown had to have a tooth extracted because a root canal just wasn't worth it. And he was supposed to do an autograph giveaway and stuff tonight. And he, when he doesn't have the energy to do that, you know some shit's gone bad. He was down here and ready to rock, but the damn thing wouldn't quit bleeding, so he had no choice. Uh, he looked like he had Bell's palsy, man. Like yeah. his face was numb. He was slobbering a little bit, but he yeah. was. He was uh, like Rocky at what? the end. Of- what just happened? We just had a power, a power outage. outage. Everything came back on. Maybe Mr. Brown's trying to tell us to get out of the man cave. <laughs> I was getting ready to call him a wuss. He just flipped the breaker. <laughs> He just uh, went 15 rounds. That's what he looked like when he was down here. Now, now the basketball hoop's going off in the background. Maybe it's a sign we should go play. Huh. Wonder if I'll power when I get home. <laughs> so we got uh, – what's back on now? So maybe it's the generator we invested millions and millions of dollars in that's working here. So, uh, all right, let's get into the nuts and bolts. You know, we've talked a little bit uh, this week. We got a big interview that's going to cap the show off here with Darren Smith. We had him last week uh, at the Super Bowl. Didn't have the best quality there because he was just in the thick of it. But he snuck in like 15 or 20 minutes for us right before he had to talk to Mahomes' daddy tonight. So, man, that means a lot when a guy like Darren Smith stands up for the little guys like us, doesn't it? Man, that was pretty nice because he gave us his time last week when he's on Radio Row. Didn't work out so well with the background. Pac McAfee, AJ Hawk going nuts. Easily could have said, yeah, you know what? I'll get back with you guys at a certain point. He said, nope, I got you. I'll hit you next week. He did. When we got done with him tonight, he said, I'll be back on with you guys. So really appreciate his time. Nah, he was awesome. And you and me were talking beforehand about like, do we want to ask him about something? Because he was a little fired up on social media today. Because yeah. I guess a – an op-ed, if you will, that didn't really have any facts or merit to it got out there about, you know, some of the coaching staff issues with the Chiefs. And, you know, he uh, he kind of tried to put that to bed because it's like, where's the sources on this? He's like, I talk to these guys all the time. What the hell is this? Basically, it was a story with no source's name. So it was almost so like no it was story. someone's opinion who says, I can't reveal my source. Well, He's tied into the team. He knows Eric. They're talking during Super Bowl week. Everyone there. Uh, and he called it as being straight bullshit. <laughs> so we got that coming up later in the show. So make sure you check out our no filter segment with Darren Smith. Darren works for uh, ESPN and local radio out in uh, Kansas City covering the Chiefs. He's been doing it since he was a sophomore in high school. So, you know, not really a Chiefs fan, though. No, he was, he's more of a football fan than Chiefs fan. He's had his credentials threatened because he is a straight shooter. <laughs> it's the kind of guy we like. Yeah. It's nothing better than a no-filter segment with a guy like that. So, anyway, Biggie and I have that interview with Darren later in the show. And if you enjoy that interview, what you'll enjoy from a degenerate gambler standpoint is he knows the angle on everything. When y'all start getting into the colors of the Gatorade and how much money you made off of it, he was even – I don't know if you caught this. He was like – 
you know, I, I picked orange, but I didn't even think about, you know, it's because that was the Bengals and the Rams would have been blue. Like he was thinking why yep. they had different yep. colors. Yep. Like that's, that's next level uh, degenerate gamblers for, uh, for everyone out there. But let's uh, digress about that a little bit later. Let's just jump right into the top story, man. And that is major league baseball is they met today, right? They did for like uh, 15 minutes. Glass of water. <laughs> Cup of coffee. The ice didn't melt. I mean, what the hell's going on, man? Why can't we get this? I, I haven't followed enough, and this is where we miss Mr. Brown on days like today because I know he said he was itching, he was anxious to talk about it, and now he's all doped up. But, you know, it's it's going into the middle of February, latter part of February now, and, Biggie, you were saying earlier that there is a potential date. We don't know what the date is, but there's a potential date that they're going to say, no, we're going to have to shorten the season. So after their meeting today, the ML, MLB gives the Players Association updated deadline for CBA agreement to start 2022 season on time. The date that they gave is February 28th. If they do not have agreement in place by the end of this month, the season is officially delayed. All right, so that's like, for most people listening to the podcast, that's 10 days from now. Yep. And seeing as how the two meetings they've had, what was today, Tommy? It was 15 minutes. 15 minutes. The meeting they had before that was any longer than 15 minutes? I think it might have been five. Uh, was it the owners who wanted to bring in a negotiator, federal negotiator? Yep. Players rejected it. To me, this just seems like a real standoff. There's nothing that's going to happen in the next 10 days. I don't think a mediator would have done anything either. Well, and that, that's why the players didn't want it. They're, yeah. they're like, we don't like the optics of this. You're trying to bring in a mediator. How about you just get a better deal to the table? That's what I say. The players say that they have good ideas. The reason they rejected the mediator is because they don't believe it's uh, needed at this point. When I hear a mediator, I think of 94, I think of Donald Fear. The only reason I know that name is because they had to come in, and that's why we got baseball We don't back. need 94 again, damn it. Yep. But, but, like, a mediator is good if you're close on some things and you're trying to push it through. Man, they're the Grand Canyon apart right now. Yeah. The fact that they sit there and, like Tommy said, the ice doesn't melt in your drink by the time the meeting's over – I don't think there's anything that happens in the next 10 days that changes that. Like, what's, go, what's going to change it? Like, do we know what – I, I don't know what the sticking points are at this point. I know there's some stuff about, like, the arbitration salaries and, and – uh, uh, I saw something where the owners want less uh, in, uh, minor league players or something. They already yeah. cut back on teams. I know. We There's-, lost our minor league team, damn it. Yeah. Now we have, like, an IHL, NHL, Northwoods. Whatever it is. Summer catch. Fred Prince out there playing. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> nice, nice reference there, Biggie, for all our '90s uh, kids out there. Uh, summer catch, summer catch, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> well, it's, it's like I feel like that's where we're at with it. Let's keep cutting this back and cutting that back. And so, uh, what it, it, the other thing was what length of service uh, deal, like where. Like the Chris Bryant stuff from a couple yeah. years ago where they kind of screw him up about – So rather than bringing up a stud at the beginning of the year, you make him wait six weeks so that that season doesn't accrue towards his right. free agency, which to Even me that is – playing one... 130 games, it's yep. fine. And that's a thing where the team does that so they can own the player for another year. Yeah. That should go away. If he's good enough to play at the beginning. Yeah, let, look, let's just call it bullshit from a mile away, yep. right? We can see that. That's yeah. if, if he can play, he can play. Yeah. You're only doing that so you can wait a year to pay him. They should just do it if, if you play at least 50% of the games, then that, that should do it. You know? Yeah, like they do the uh, rookie call-ups in September where it doesn't go against you and you're a rookie the next year. 
And you can like, still win rookie of the year, even though you might have been like yeah. an all star the year before. Like they have a Ben Simmons pact, you know, you can play <laughs> September if your team sucks. <laughs> Come back and, and be rookie won. of the year next uh, year. Yeah. That first year didn't count. But it, it's depressing that we're we're at this point because baseball is not growing in popularity and it's not necessarily fleeting at this point but this is one of those things that if it if it materializes into a a bridge season or anything like that like it hurts only the fans at this point it's going to hurt their pockets too but this is not good uh we we shouldn't be in february like we missed hot stove and i didn't have nobody was with me last night but i was talking about um on the show where Juan Soto, like they, the Nats tried to like sneak in a $350 million deal to him before the lockout. Yeah, the lockout that yeah. didn't happen. Now, I wonder if that's going to come back to bite him or not. So this is where I wish that Greg was down here because there's some ins and outs of it that we're probably missing. But when I think of this lockout, I think of Greg when we had the abridged season for COVID. And at that time, he was saying this is going to lead to a labor stoppage, work stoppage, and maybe a half-season, partial season. And that – after that half season, we had a full season and then this. So he hit the nail on the head. Oh, yeah. And to me, you know, when you – why did we have so many guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame? We just had this big discussion about Bonds and all of them. MLB let it go because they needed to get fans back because nobody wanted to come back after the strike. So I just feel like we're setting ourselves up for such a setback here if we do not get this season started on time. We have spring football this year too. Yeah, so are you are you thinking spring football is just going to overtake MLB now? Well, I don't know about overtake. The XFL and the USFL. USFL. America does have a uh, hunger for football. football. Yes. I, I think if they wait and they let it get into the spring football, the USFL, they're going to lose fans that will not come back. I just – I mean, if depending on how old you are, how many labor stoppages have you had at this point where it's the millionaires versus billionaires, and at a certain point, you just check out? Yeah, you just get tired of the mess. You, you just had a player turn down $350 million. And isn't that one of the sticking points? Are they not looking for a salary cap instead they're, of this luxury tax? They're, they're trying to redo yeah. the luxury tax, but I, I don't know what the details are there. All right, just getting into the nuts and bolts of it a little bit. So, have you ever heard of Super 2 status before? It's never heard of it. I have no clue what that might be. <laughs> it has something to do with the arbitration. So, that's we were talking about that, about how they want to change the uh, ter- years of service from three to two. So, this is everything that happened today. The players' union put it out there. And, you know, apparently the owners, they don't want to do anything about moving them to that two-year instead of three-year because it gets them closer to arbitration. So they said if that would have went into effect this year, there would have been like 80 more players in baseball that would have been subject to arbitration. So, I mean, that's given more power to the players, and the owners don't want to do that, right? I mean, they probably should. The owners don't want to give up power. I get that. Um, Does the owners not – did the players not agree to play until they got this hammered out? And then the owners actually locked them out and said, no, we're the, not it is an owner's lockout. Okay. Yes. Uh, and it was 15 minutes. So on the positive note, there was a 20 minute side conversation between the, um, <laughs> the two uh, leading parties. Uh, they're also talking about the bonus pool. They want devoted to pre-arbitration players. So it's at 105. Uh, well, they, they want it to be at 105. The owners keep lowering it to like 100 million. They've taken it as high, asking it for 115. Uh, I mean, again, it's just the players asking for more money. 
and they're wanting it to be averaged by F war and B war. So fielding war and B- batting war, maybe? Is that what that is? Uh, kind of like a franchise player type thing, depending right. what position. Like you're how the at. NFL does it. Yep. So, you know, left says, tackle's not getting the same thing as quarterback, basically. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can, you can play, play for pay, I guess. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. So are they trying to model this after the NFL model? No, it's, it's nowhere close. Cause they still have arbitration, which is oh. like the most complicated thing to explain to non-baseball followers because it's, it's, it's I don't know. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, here's the thing about the players wanting a bigger part of the pie is that, uh, Star players are setting contract records in a system without a hard seller cap, which all the other pro sports in North America have. Players feel like even though they are getting these contracts, that owners aren't struggling as bad as they're making it out to be. The owners kind of continue to say, well, we need more of the pot or else we're not going to continue to move forward. Uh, That's kind of one of the really big sticking points. I can only see the owner saying that from small market teams. The bigger market teams have so much cash. Well, so that's why the so the MLBPA did not alter their previous demands for increases of the luxury tax. Uh, they want it to uh, go to 245 million for the initial threshold. So that's going to make more teams pay into that, uh, which gives them more money to use for the arbitration uh, uh, pool. So that makes sense. And then on top of that, they want to raise the minimum salary to seven hundred and seventy-five thousand per player. Now that I think should be an issue because like, that's why we're getting teams like the Pirates last year who run a thirty million dollar payroll when you only got to pay everybody well, seven. That's, and that's, uh, that's a minimum. That's not even like a veteran minimum. Just overall minimum. That that's Mr. Brown's. If we're not going to have a salary cap, let's salary have a salary floor. floor yep. Yeah, why can't they let us run the negotiations? We'll we'll get this shit figured out. You know, this is the ninth work stoppage in MLB history, the first since the 94-95 season. So, 94-95, they cast the first month and a half of the 94 season, the entire 94 postseason, beginning in the 95 regular season. Do you guys think that this is going to carry on that long with as far as it feels as though they're apart right now? You know, this is what I was thinking about as you were saying that out loud is we're old enough to remember how much that sucks. And the whole reason why we're having these whole debates about the Hall of Fame and all this stuff is because of the home run chase and steroids that put life back into baseball after all that. And we're old enough to remember how much it sucked that the Expos didn't get a chance to compete for a World Series and that Tony Gwynn didn't get a chance to beat 400. Ken Griffey Jr. was going to break the home run record that year, too. He might have, right? But here's here's the thing. Do, Do the players today remember that? They don't care. No. They're getting. They're turning down three hundred and fifty million. Yes, no, they don't exactly remember that. And, and the owners, they don't care anyway about their own pockets. That's the only thing that drives them. So my concern is, like I, you would think, you learn from history, but is it just far away enough to where maybe they don't remember how much it killed the sport? Yeah, I believe so. That was ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, I mean, none of them players are. Around, they're not playing. So you're you're, right. Right. you're at a point now with baseball players New owners where they too. get into the bigs early, and uh, they weren't born the last time there was a labor That's stoppage. Right. I will say this: it's a lockout. The last lockout was 1990. There's been four lockouts in the history of labor stoppages. None of them have have uh, ended in any 
regular season games being canceled. So maybe the fact that it's on the owner side has a little bit brighter, you know, look down the tunnel. I don't know, man. Like you were talking about earlier, what Mr. Brown prognosticated and we all felt it during the COVID shortened season was the acrimony that was felt toward both sides, the players wanting to play the, or not wanting to play at risk though. And, and like, it's, it's fine. You can look back on how you feel about COVID and all that stuff now, but that was a different time. And they, they were arguing over the owners didn't want to pay him their whole salary. And they're like, it's not our fault. You know, you signed the contract. You got to pay. It's just like if I opt out of a contract, you're not going to pay me mm-hmm. and you might sue me to give it back. So, I, you know, that ever since that point, that that's when it became about money. And it's always about money. I get that. But that was the players feeling like their money was being threatened by the owners just because they couldn't have their way. Even though they still got TV deals, they couldn't put fans in the seats, but they still got TV money. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have to spend as much money to operate the facilities either. So, I, you know, I, I think we're we're destined to a – if I had to put money on it right now, I think we're playing a 140-game season. At most. That's where I think That's it's going to be. At most. I don't think you'll get 140. You think it's going to be less? Yeah. I think it's, yeah I what, think. what do you think it'll probably be? Under 100. Under 100? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, to me, I'm thinking – Are you thinking June 1st start time? Summertime. Yeah, I was going to guess uh, mid-May, beginning of June start time – and putting us at a hundred, hundred and ten game season max. Yeah, I was, I was thinking we're going to lose April, you know, and I, I figured into April, May, they should be ready to go, and they'll pack in the games. I mean, you're going to lose that first month with the amount of money that's out there and the deals that are going to come. Isn't Apple getting ready to stream a bunch of baseball games? Yeah, they had so, a big deal set up, so yeah, the owners have a ton of money to be made right now. They are not going to give that. You sign a labor agreement right now that goes for 10 years. and 10 years, you see where it sets, but they're not going to give any of that money back right now. No, they're not. So we, we could talk more and more and more about this, but we'll save some for next week because we know Mr. Brown's going to be chomping at the bit. But the other little bit of baseball news I just wanted to hit on is, uh, you know, I was talking last night about how the NFL dreads the offseason because now everybody gets to focus on all their demons that they had to try to hide in the closet. Well, uh, we uh, remember the story um, not too long ago about the pitcher for um, the Angels. Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs. And now there's a a grand jury uh, found um, somebody guilty. Uh, I don't know the exact He was dealing fentanyl. I think he just got 20 years in prison. They already sentenced him. He he hasn't been sentenced. But he's Uh, good. up to 20. It's – Eric Kay, the former communications director for the Angels, uh, apparently was supplying him with fentanyl. So, so he's the communications director. That's fantastic. Yes. And, and there was uh, four players I saw that testified with immunity, so they were able to say whatever they wanted to. As long as they didn't commit perjury, they're not going to be found guilty of anything. And I guess they're the, what sealed the deal and threw him under the bus. So. That's uh, that's nuts, man. Could you like we would kill for a job like that, an organization like that? Could you ever imagine in a million years like trying to be like pushing fentanyl to the side, like on some of these cats? Like that's just insanity. I, it's throwing away a, a whole life. It just kills me that yeah, like you said, that you're in this dream job. You're working for the Los Angeles Angels or Anaheim, whatever they're called. The Angels is a, a premier team, and you're gonna do hand out drugs to your players, cost a, a young man his life. What yeah, killed it? one of them. Yeah. And apparently 
people in the organization knew about this and just kind of uh, turned a blind eye to it. I don't know. I'm just I'm heartbroken over it. I mean, it's it's it doesn't even seem real. It seems really weird now because when they came back, uh, it was like right after he had passed away, they had the combined no hitter. You remember that? It was against the Mariners. I oh yeah, yeah. And it just. It sucks because it was such a positive moment on a short life. They were all wearing his jersey, yeah. right? Yeah. I do remember that now. Yeah. And, and in the long run of it, it just kind of turns it into a negative and not a negative necessarily about him. Everyone has different things that they go through. But just that, like you said, communications director and you're pushing these drugs on how many different guys. And it just it's just a sport. I will come be your communications director and I pledge I will not sell or push fentanyl to our players. Sounds like a good job for you. Give me a job. Yeah. All right, just a little blip in the news today was, did you see what college coach got a contract extension? I believe that was Jim Harbaugh of the uh, Wolverines. $7 a year now, base salary, $7 million a year. So was he ever really going to the NFL, or was this just my way to get paid? His way to get paid. I feel like you guys are right now. Personally, I think that had the Raiders offered them a job, he probably would have taken that It would have been the Raiders. Yeah. But when you kind of look at the whole scenario, what were people saying when he first started interviewing? He's leaving Michigan because he's mad because they made him take a pay cut. And he would walk into – but he walked into these interviews and there were so many uh, stories, and I don't know if it's true or not, just him saying – acting like he already had the job. Yeah. Like when he went to the Vikings. You know, just whatever. I don't care. I'm Jim Harbaugh. You know, and and he didn't want these jobs. He knew what he was doing. He was just out there because he knew that Michigan needed him more than he needed them. (laughs) Exactly. They don't want to hire Rich Rodriguez again. No. Or Brady they're, Hoke. They're giving him seven million a year with a three million dollar buyout. That only go that three million dollar buyout's only after this next year, and then it goes down. So, I just think it's kind of funny. Like that's he not a very big school. buyout anyway. No, it isn't. You know, he had all these years where they were a good team, but not over the top. They win the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State. They don't come to him and immediately offer him a contract upgrade. And he's like, all right, let's see where you guys stand when I start doing my tour around the NFL. All right, so my question to you, I heard Doug Gottlieb talking about this today. Is that the whole reason why Aaron Donald and Sean McVay might have been flirting with the idea of walking away this this past couple weeks? Is that why maybe they were just planting the seeds about like, yeah, I just might hang it up. Well, they want more money, and they know Stan Kroenke has unlimited funds. For Aaron Donald, he'll be named or be uh, paid as the highest-paid defensive player in the league next year, guaranteed. Well, he's he's earned every dime of it. Yep. Yes. Is Do you consider him a top-five defensive player of all time? Oh, he might be number five, but I got a few guys on the front of that list that have just proven that, themselves. That's a conversation for another day. I yeah, just want to This could go on. We, we I, could have, go on forever. I have some hard opinions about this. One. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so just to, to keep the ball moving, literally, we'll go to a different ball now. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, is. you got something you got to get off your chest? We'll hit on this later, but the number one most impactful, greatest defensive player in the history of the league is Lawrence Taylor. We can debate the rest after that. Mm. And if you talk about impact, like, man, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald might be just as impactful, man. I'm LT, baby. All right, all right. NBA All-Star Weekend. Biggie, you follow the NBA infinitely more than I do. Are you excited for any of it at all? 
Not at all, because I typically look forward to the three-point shootout for the last number of years. Because All right, so let, let's start there. All right, so you're missing who? Uh, Steph Curry. Clay Thompson could have got into it. Uh, I, you do have Trey Young, but the two guys I really always look for are Clay and Steph. All right, so here's your, here's your guys. Just tell me uh, if you think they got a chance to win. Patty Mills. No. Fred Van Fleet. No. Trey Young. Yes. Desmond Bain. No. Zach Levine. Yes. Luke Kennard. No. C.J. McCollum. No. And Carl Anthony Towns. No. <laughs> Why is he? Cat, baby. Cat's in it. Oh, so. Uh, he does shoot a ton of three. He'll give you a uh, 200, 100. He's, he's good on fantasy, and I'm on a fantasy team. The, he's got the worst odds. The, the best odds are actually Patty Mills and Fred Van Fleet right ahead of Trey Young. No, I don't like either one of them. I like Luke Kennard. He's I was going to uh, say, that's where he's a plus 600. I'd yeah. sneak some money on him if you if you want to try to that's win That's where something. my betting money is. He's this uh, version of shooting as far as uh, Chris Mullen goes. He can, he can really stick it at times. All right, so the slam dunk com- competition also is this weekend, and it but can't be worse than last year. When you name these guys, we're not going to know any of their names. Half of my goal. Jalen Green? Uh, who? <laughs> you know who Jalen Green is. Yeah, I do. Uh, Obi Toppin. Obi Top, and this will be the most important thing he's done since he got in the league because freaking Tom <laughs> Thibodeau won't let him play. Uh, Cole Anthony. Orlando Magic. And Juan Toscano Anderson. I have no idea. He must have took the spot of somebody who couldn't make it because they uh, have a kid on the way. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm not looking for it. So we, we don't need to talk about the slam dunk competition. I'll it's say the one thing bad. about the slam dunk competition. We've seen all the dunks before. If the big names still got in it like they did when, you know, Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant, they used to do it, it would at least be interesting to watch. We Who are these guys, right? Nobody knows. All right, how about the skills challenge? They're changing it this year. I don't even know really what it was in the past. Well, you used to have to do – it was an individual setup where you had to go down, you had to hit a free throw, throw a pass, bounce pass within a hoop or a, a cylinder, hit a three-pointer layup. It was a decent little thing. It was fun watching some of these Yawn. better players out there. But Yawn. You know hey. what? They How do they fix All-Star Weekend? What's the one event they could do to make everything right? Well, they could fix – Two things. Uh, they should have an old-timers game. <laughs> that would be great. You remember Rock and Jock basketball? Yes. That's what that, I had in mind, the MTV thing. Can we get the 20 and 30-point basket above, yep. too? That, those did, are great. Because it's a spectacle to start with. Oh, my God, it's Dan Cortez. It's not even it's East trash. versus West. What is it? It's Team James versus Team Durant this yes, year, yeah. and it's been that way the last few years. It, the whole thing's There's a no sham. pride in it, man. Yep. It's, it's almost as bad as the well, Pro Bowl now. Isn't the skills contest set up with teams now, too? Yes. Like yep. two or three yes. different teams? Yeah, but it's weird. It's like one of them's the Cavs, one of them's Team Giannis, and the other one's like rookies. As long as they don't go to what MLB did for years where the winner of the All-Star game got home field advantage. Don't, don't like Eddie. You can't, you can't yeah. do that. I, you know, just give us the one-on-one tournament. Just give us that. Just put – Take like six guys and let's just let them play one on one and see whose ego can get crushed. Yeah, to me, it's one on one or it's the ice cube, the three on three league. Do that on Saturday night. Give me some three on three. I mean, that's almost like one on one. That's a baby step to get there. You know what? I accept your proposal and like we'll start a petition to, to get that in, installed or do both. 
You got to do one before you, one foot before the other. All right. So are you going to even watch the game? Uh, I will just because, well, it's me and I will. You are a bigger <laughs> NBA fan than I am, and I will never deny that. I am not watching. <laughs> All right. Before we jump in and close out the podcast with our interview with Darren uh, Smith, we're going to go ahead and just talk about something that we were as excited for. Well, I was more excited for the game because I'm a Bengals fan. But Super Bowl halftime show, and we we saw that the ratings didn't really go down when we had the West Coast uh, Mafia out there, the Death Row guys, or Dr. Dre and Kendrick Lamar and all them guys, and like even Tommy, who's like ninety two years old, ninety one, ninety one, my bad. He was even kind of like, all right, they they brought back the OGs, and I, I'll tell you what, before I even say anything else. I feel like I've gotten to the point to where like 20 years ago when people were like, oh, they're bringing out Paul McCartney. This is just for old people. Like we're old people now. (laughs) They're bringing it out for us. Yeah, that was really bad because the people making fun of it. It's like, finally, a good halftime show. And here's Dre's 56. Eminem is 49. Snoop's like 52. And, you know, they went from death row to aftermath to Slim Shady. And it just, I don't know. I felt like it was a great halftime show, and they mixed it together really well. And uh, it was PG for the most part. Yeah, I think we had a debate about whether or not Snoop was going to light up. He came out lit. He didn't need to do it on TV. I saw this uh, headline of a picture of him smoking before he came on stage, and it said, and it was being sarcastic, you've lost a fan of me because he smoked before he came on stage. And it's like, it's Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. What did you not understand about Snoop Dogg? (laughs) If he did been living a lie. <laughs> wow. We didn't get the Tupac hologram. We didn't get Tupac resurrected. We didn't we got get Martha Silver Stewart. Dollar. We did get Silver Dollar. I mean fifty cent. Fitty. Fitty big. Fitty yeah. still got big arms though, man. Like he's still lifting, but he's also lifting a little Debbie snack cakes or yeah. something because he Can, he's can little, you explain to me why he was hanging upside down? That was uh his that's his call sign from his music video yeah. in the club. Oh that's his thing, his shtick. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm like, why is he hanging upside down? So, you know, we were making the jokes all all week about how uh, the memes of people are saying, like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl halftime show. It's like nobody cares. They retain 90% of their viewership during that. So we were curious to see if they got a bump because what was the only halftime show that ever caused an increase in viewership, Biggie? Uh, 92, Michael Jackson. There you go. And everybody's always chasing that one. Uh, That was at the Rose Bowl. Bills, Um, Cowboys, 52-17 Bills that day, right? Or 52-17 Cowboys. Probably had something to do with why the ratings went up at halftime because everybody already checked out. Hey, that was a great Super Bowl. Whitney Houston did the open. That was one of the best. I mean, we're at war. You get Michael Jackson out there, and he's still at that time, like kind of regular. It was it was great. People are gonna get mad at me for saying this, but I think the next year was like Clint Black and Tanya Tucker, and like his all country, mm. and like that's that's where you really are pigeonholing your audience. There, you got to be more broad. So, anyway, we're gonna go through rapid fire here of the Super Bowl halftime shows since the year two thousand. And I just want to know if you love it, if you hated it, if you even remembered it. And when we get to the one that has been your favorite, you got to tell me. So we're going back to 2000. This is in the Georgia Dome. You got Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton. I don't remember it. I really don't. <laughs> don't remember Phil Collins? I do not. Not doing the Super Bowl. Who do that? I feel coming in the year tonight. I think he was doing all them Tarzan songs. Come on. 
It was Disney sponsored. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it definitely was. So, uh, yeah, kind of forgettable one. So the next year, uh, we had Aerosmith and NSYNC. That was good. I remember that. That was, that was pretty sweet. You big NSYNC fan? Somewhat. Backstreet for life, baby. Do the so this is the halftime <laughs> show in 2001 when the Rams played the Patriots in Super Bowl, right? Uh, yes. You know what I remember about that? You two sang the national anthem. Bono flipped open his coat and no, had no, the stars no, 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 and stripes. No, 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 that's the next year. No, no, no. You're, oh, you're, you're running the I'm a year ago. ahead. Oh, yeah. 2002. Yeah. Oh, quit screwing no, with no, my no. brain. Yeah, it was the 2001 <laughs> season, 2002. That's ah, the next one. Yes. You too. They did the 9-11 tribute. They yep. had the names on the screen in the yep. background. They had the heart-shaped little stage. And, yeah, you had the flag coat. So, yeah. uh, that one was memorable. Yeah, I mean, that, that one too. still sticks out to yeah. me. Not the biggest YouTube fan in the world. Bono's no. a little pretentious. But, but he, likes he, to sniff his own farts. But yep. that was a good show. That was, that was perfectly fitting for that year. Yes. I forgot all about this one. This is such a weird pairing. Uh, 2003, Shania Twain and No Doubt. So Gwen Stefani and Shania Twain. Um, and Sting was a special guest. Yeah, I don't really remember that. And I would typically remember whatever Gwen Stefani does. Uh, I don't remember that at all. That, that was That's a forgettable one. All right, 2004, Jessica Simpson, Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, and Justin Timberlake. Do you remember oh, that one? Oh, wardrobe malfunction. That's my favorite mm-hmm. one so far. Top of the mountain. All right. We, do we even need to talk more about that one? You know, the one thing about that one is typically they're always 20 years late, like we were saying earlier on when you get these guys. Timberlake was still kind of at his I, that peak. Was, that was before his peak. That yep. was at the climb. You know, Janet was at the peak uh, probably in her popularity. And then, wow, they took two very different trajectories since then. Yes. And I think what happened was I watched these documentaries about it. Janet, like, refused to do media about it afterwards. And Justin Timberlake went on this half-ass apology tour, but just because he got in front of the camera and was like, I'm sorry, but I'm bringing sexy back. You know, they were like, oh, you're forgiven. You're the new king of pop now. Yeah. <laughs> I do like uh, the song, though. You know, I'm going to have you naked by the end of that song. Like, that's that's my jam. Best thing about uh, Justin Timberlake is who he's married to. Yes. <laughs> Jessica Biel. Yes. I couldn't think of her name. All right. 2005, Paul McCartney. Um, See, and that was just for old people. Tommy that, probably appreciates that. Was that was because it, it, it was fine, but it was the safe pick after Janet Jackson. Yes. That's exactly why. <laughs> they didn't have to worry about him. A few of these you're going to name we got because of Janet All Jackson. Right, 2006 in Detroit, you had the Rolling Stones. The Stones are good. Oh, Stones are good regardless classic, of what they man. do. All right, 2007, Purple Rain and Prince. I got to tell you, I've seen a lot of stuff. You put the question out there, greatest Super Bowl halftime performance, and a ton of people commented. They love Prince. Prince. Dude, Prince in Miami singing Purple Rain in, in the, the rain. rain. Oh, that was awesome. It was great. That To me, bottom line, that's the best one yet. And like, yep. Prince, Prince is bad, man. Like, oh, let's, yeah. just, let's just say, like, you know. He's a bad man. Yeah. Even if he bought his shirts not in the men's department, it's still okay. Well, just ask Chappelle. He'll tell you. <laughs> All right. 2008. I personally like this one a lot. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. One of my favorites. It was a heartbreaker for me because the Patriots perfect season ended on that night. But Tom Petty's been one of my all-time favorite uh, performers. All right. So there's there's two that are uh, no longer with us. Yep. Rip. Rip Super Bowl halftime. All right. 2009, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. 
How many times did he go sliding across the street or across the uh, stage on his knees? Uh, I know, thought he was going to blow one out. For uh, for his age, one too many probably. Yeah. Uh, but that one was solid. I, I like Bruce Springsteen, though. I, I do, too. I, I can get with that. All right, so now we're in 2010. Uh, you want to talk about one like the Rolling Stones is up there. So is it the Who? Who are you? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, that Indeed. that one that one was fine, you know. But but who just doesn't? I don't know. They don't they don't hit me the same way that the Stones do. They came out at halftime and they played that song, and I looked for uh, Gil Grissom. It's <laughs> uh, a CSI reference. Yes. Now you're really showing how old you are. All right. That's bad. They come back and they get a little little more with the times. 2011, they got the Black Eyed Peas with Usher and Slash. That was pretty good. Yes. I, I, I can sit and listen to Slash all day. I love his guitar, so that's uh, nice. And then they really got brave in 2012. They brought Madonna out. Uh, like 30 years past her prime. Listen, listen to this. The the special guest was LMFAO, if you remember that group. Uh, I'm sexy and I know it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cirque du Soleil, Nicki Minaj, MIA. Uh, that's the uh, paper plane song. CeeLo, and Andy Lewis, and a bunch of high school drum corps and, and a 200-person choir. So. Oh, nice. They, they, they were really trying to go big, but uh, I find Madonna just absolutely the worst. Pretentious. Yes. 2013 is a big one. A lot of people like this one. Beyonce. Uh, was that halftime in New Orleans? Uh, it is in New Orleans. That's when the lights went out in the Superdome. It was her fault. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Special guest was Destiny's Child, if that matters. I do remember that halftime show. I do, yeah. I had to, had to think about it for a minute, but when you said the lights got it yep. dawned on That's me. Y'all know Beyonce can still get it, man. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's not act like that's not happening. All right. Uh, 2014, Bruno Mars with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I really like that one. I'm it's not, so weird, though. It's it a really a, weird odd matchup combo, but Bruno Mars killed it. That was the last time that we'll see a Super Bowl, and it had been the first time in a long time. It was outdoors, and it was up north. That was in New York right after they built, uh, what is it, MetLife? Yeah. MetLife. And they only got that outdoors because it's New York. And New they Jersey. come back there again. We'll see. But that was Seahawks, Broncos. It was cold. Sorry. No, no, I just remember that one. It sticks right. out. I, I, I am. Uh, I guess I was going to say I'm so impressed that Biggie remembers all these. But since the Patriots have been in most of these, <laughs> he, he's yeah. able to kind of connect with them. All right. This one might be my, my most recent favorite. And it was uh, 2015 with the star of the show was Left Shark and special guest Katy Perry. Katy Perry is thick in all the right places. That was an excellent <laughs> halftime show. I just everybody remembered Left Shark, man. Left there Shark. was even a Sports Center commercial about Left Shark. But uh, do you remember the special guest by any chance? No, no, nobody does. But it was Lenny Kravitz and Missy Elliott. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz didn't he die twenty years ago? Uh, just his career. Okay, yeah. no, he's an actor now. Uh, twenty sixteen, oh, Coldplay. Uh, Gwen Stefani, Coldplay, right? No. Mm-mm. Coldplay is uh, Chris Martin, Gwyneth Paltrow's husband. But I thought Coldplay, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. I knew it was a Gwen in there somewhere. I like your cognitive uh, reasoning there. Special guests <laughs> were uh, two former uh, halftime performers as uh, Beyonce and Bruno Mars jumped in there with. Hmm. I don't remember this. It's because it's Coldplay. 
Coldplay's like Nickelback, man. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole segment by itself. <sighs> All right, 2017, a lot of people are nervous about this because there was a lot of political discourse disruption happening within the NFL and the nation as a whole. Lady Gaga, but man, I thought she actually nailed the show. She jumped off the damn stadium in uh, Houston. Dude, she killed it, came in from the roof. That was pretty damn sweet. That's one of the better ones. Yeah, I remember that well. And then you know things are a sign of the times being a full circle, a loop, when you get to 2018 and Justin Timberlake is your headliner for the Super Bowl. You know, that's when it's become the true 20 years later sort of thing. It's like, all right, let's see what you have this time. <laughs> but you can't have anybody out there that has boobies. No. you got to be on your own. <laughs> Speaking of boobies, a lot of people got upset the next year in 2019 because Maroon 5, another Coldplay and Nickelback uh, band for my liking, he didn't wear a shirt and a lot of people got upset. Ah, get over it. That was, they were after the women. Yeah, <laughs> that was the female. Dude Are you a Maroon Five fan? I got at all? the moves, like Jagger. Yeah, Biggie, Biggie likes him some Maroon Five. No, that song just got stuck in my head. It's one of those you can't get rid of. All right, and then I'll never forget in 2020, we got the. You know what I'm talking about? Blah 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 blah. Shakira. Got to shake them hips. Remember, she looked in the lie. camera and was like, just going. <laughs> yeah, they made a meme out of that. Now I remember. Oh, I remember it yeah. now. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember Shakira. <laughs> uh, and then J-Lo uh, looking fine as hell at, at oh, like 60 yeah. years old or however old she is. Uh, but uh, Bad Bunny was a, uh, uh, a guest there. All I know Bad Bunny because he's supposed to be like the most popular musical artist and he's in wrestling. That's all I know. Yeah, no idea who Bad Bunny is. Couldn't tell you a single song he sings. Uh, And then last uh, year we had The Weeknd, which that was a meme in itself of, uh, you know, what it looks like when your toddler gets your phone and is running around or whatever, the maze and all that. Uh, And, you know, no no disrespect to The Weeknd. He was great in the movie Uncut Gems, you know. But uh, I I thought it was fine. Nothing nothing great, great or crazy. I remember it just because it was last year. Yeah. (laughs) That's about it. And I just, I guess my issue as we're coming to this year is they split the show between Dre, Snoop, Mary J, Kendrick, 50 Cent, Eminem. But you talk about these last few years, Maroon stage, Maroon 5 basically had the stage for themselves. Why does Eminem, give me Snoop and Dre this year and give me Eminem next year. And uh, like, I I, you did it all at once. I, yeah. I agree. Like, yes. and, and no disrespect to Mary J. Blige, like she she was the one that didn't belong. And I would have been okay if 50 Cent did make an appearance. And Kendrick Lamar, like it's not our generation, but people are going to put him on the Mount Rushmore rappers, and, and I get that. Uh, I just am not as much of a fan. But like you could have just done Dre and Snoop. And, and even if you threw Eminem in as a special yeah. appearance or whatever, I don't know. It was just too many people. I think if you went Dre, Snoop, and Eminem, basically chronic 2001, you're in California – Give them three the 15 minutes, it would have been a better show. I'm good with Mary J being in there, but I think that if you take out 50 Cent, add take out what 50 Cent did, give that back to Dre, Snoop, or Eminem. But this is this is what happened. It was Dre's show. It was. It was Dre. Dre oh, was yeah. the headliner, and yep. Dre went and got the people he wanted to bring with him, Yep. and that's what happened. He's a producer, baby. That's what they do. He's making the magic happen. 
Speaking of making the magic happen, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Let's go ahead and kick it over and close out the podcast with our interview with Darren Smith coming to us live from Kansas City. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we we tried real hard to make some magic happen from Super Bowl uh, Radio Row last week. And, you know, we, we just had too much excitement going on out in L.A., but when you want to talk about commitment and just high level stand up guys, there may not be a better one out there than Darren uh, Smith because he's joining us again this week after uh, going radio quiet on us last week while he was out there, even though he made the best attempt. So for those that don't know, Darren, he's a host out in Kansas City of a couple of shows. I believe the ship with Darren Smith on uh, 810 WHB and then Darren and Sterling on ESPN Kansas City, which we do see the wonderful ESPN background there uh, rocking in, in his uh, studio there. But Darren, welcome back to the show, brother. How's it going? Go well. First of all, thank you once again for having me. I apologize for the noise. And and uh, on behalf of Pat McAfee, I told him, I said, hey, look, man, when I'm on the air, you keep that noise down. But uh, glad we were able to come back and do this again. And, uh, again, thanks for the invitation. Nah, man, it's always a, always a pleasure to reach out to people like yourself. And, you know, I, I've followed you from a distance, at least on social media, just watching you cover the Chiefs and, and different things like that. And I understand you've been out to the Super Bowl now, Radio Row, uh, several years. How many times have you been out there since uh, or counting this last week? I've done Radio Row five years in a row now, and this is my fourth Super Bowl I've been able to cover. I didn't cover the first time uh, I got a credential for Radio Row, which was in Houston, but ever since, you know, after that when the Chiefs got good, I've been, <laughs> I've been fortunate to, to cover the Super Bowls ever since. Uh, so how painful was it not to be able to cover the Chiefs this year since they kind of screwed the pooch there against the Bengals? Not that yeah, the, Bing- yeah. the Bengals at least showed up and played a decent game, but you missed the Chiefs this year. Hey, I, look, man, in hindsight, you know, look, obviously when you when you know the final result and it was 23-20, I didn't really have a dog in the final who won the game. You know, I mean, I was betting on the game, of course, but but – I was disappointed because I thought more points were going to be scored. I just thought it was going to be, you know, kind of a high score in the fact. I just thought both teams were going to put their best foot forward. Uh, and, and I think it probably would have traveled that, that direction if Odell Beckham, uh, Jr. didn't get hurt, uh, in the, in the first half, I think, because he was on pace to, he was on pace to have a real big game. And, you know, I was going with somebody <laughs> had he done that, but, um, but no, it, it was, it was disappointing that the Chiefs didn't, didn't make it because, I think they would have put up a better performance. I don't think it would have been such a low scoring game, a 23 20 game. I would have expected the Chiefs to at least put up 32 to 35 points in that game, especially after what they, after what took place last year. So I thought it would have been a much more entertaining game to go along with the halftime show. And it was, um, again, for me, it was, it was, it was bittersweet. I mean, yes, it, it is fun. It is nice to go and see a Super Bowl where you don't have to pay for, for a ticket or anything. But, but it is, it is more, it is, it's, it's a better feeling when you know that the team that you cover should have been there and would have probably made a much, much better uh, game than what we saw. I, I think the benefit for most fans, and we were talking earlier about the ratings and how the Super Bowl did as far as viewership. Like it was through the roof. The playoffs were great. All the games were close. The Super Bowl again, at least was a close game. But Biggie, I know you like to throw some money down. You gamble a little bit. You got a couple things right when it came to the game. What did you get right? Well, I ended up getting the final score right, but the one I've never hit before really? was 
Yeah, first time I've ever hit it, 23-20, and it's only due to a bad hold. Otherwise, it would have been 24-20. But the other one I hit, we always like to do these prop bets and get a little crazy with them. I decided to throw some money down on Blue Gatorade. That's the only thing I want on Sunday. Now, okay, so I got to ask this because I remember – what was the odds on the 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 score? Because 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 I, I was looking at it and there were some there were some nice odds put down on that. For the score, it depended where you were at. The twenty three twenty had like a plus one seventy five, so you could have almost doubled your money if you'd went there. Nah, I think if I remember correctly, because I was betting online and there were twenty three. And that might sound, it might have been right, but yeah, depending on like, cause I was looking at what the New England Patriots scored when they beat the Rams, it was like 13 to three. And it was like, them odds, like, that was like, oh, plus 12,000 or something. So good, you know, I mean, you know, if you hit something like that, of course, you know, think about Back to the Future. I always think about that, that Atlas and that Almanac, the sports, that was a sports Almanac. Oh, Lord, I would have loved to have had something like that in handy, but, uh, but I, I had the orange Gatorade and I really, and I think I had the orange Gatorade case, the Bengals one, and I didn't think about the blue for, for the Rams. I didn't think about that at all. So that was a good, that was a good hit. And it's funny because I bet a lot of money on that, on that game. And I was going in both directions. I had both teams winning and certain things, but I had the over. And so, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, the Bengals are going to, you know, they scored right out the bat coming out the half. And I'm like, okay, it's about to be, you know, these teams about to do their thing. And when it didn't manifest, I was like, oh. So I ended up winning a couple of bets, but I just don't know what they were. I only won like $75, $77. So I don't know what, I don't know what I won. So, so uh, which avenue do you go through to put that down? I could have swore I saw you had something shared out regardless of which state you ran away that you could put money onto the game, different prop bets, line bets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, my bookie, hold on. See, now you got me. I, <laughs> I, 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 I know, B- Biggie, Biggie gets real see. territorial whenever we're doing NFL picks through the season, and I might be pulling lines from, like, DraftKings, and he's like, you need to use FanDuel or wherever. Like, he gets uh, real real territorial in the lines. Yeah, and so it's called mybookie.ag. So if you all need to, need a link or something, let me know. Okay, I do nah. get a little referral bonus or whatever. You can, you can, you can put, like, $25 down and, and – and like make player prop bets and all this stuff. That's why I like doing it because I like trying to build player prop bets and stuff like that. You know, so. All right. So is there, is there any bet that you had locked in that you were really like just feeling the most confident in that didn't work out other than the over? I know you're really high on the over, but is there anything else outside of the, oh, the Gatorade? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, no. Odell Beckham. Uh, he, As MVP? He, he only had the, no, 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 no. Odell Beckham over 66 yards receiving. Oh wow! Because he, he, he had he had two catches I think for fifty two yards, and I can't remember what you know had he you know had he made that third catch and you know not hurt his leg. I mean he he probably would have you know did what he needs. So I had I think that was like plus no that was like minus one seventy five. But I had a lot of money on it. So if it were to hit, I was going to win a lot on it anyway. So I was because I was sitting like okay, Super Bowl home. I'm like sixty six yards. I'm like. He can get 66 yards. I was like, that was a given. So, because I think for Cooper Cup, it might have, see, Cooper Cup might have had like 117 yards. I think he only ended up with 109. So that's why I didn't touch that one. But Odell for 66, I was like, you know, obviously, they go, unless he gets hurt, then what happens? He gets hurt. I was like, 
Jesus. This, this, I, I know, day. I know Biggie had, uh, Von Miller is the MVP on a, on a, on a big payday. And, and you know, there was times that looked like it might have paid off, but I, I, I don't know. When it comes to the Super Bowl MVP, do you agree with Cooper Cup getting the, uh, the title there? Or do you think it should have went to AD? I, I don't have a problem with it going because look, if, if Cooper, does, if Cooper Cup doesn't make that, doesn't make the catch, they're not in the league. So I get it. And, and of course, you know, there's a scenario where they have to have the, the votes tallied in with, I don't know why, but they have to have the oh, votes tallied yeah, in. Oh, yeah, before the two, two minute minutes. warning. That yeah. is the dumbest so, thing ever. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I get it because, well, my thing is, okay, you, you get the votes in. Well, what happens if the Rams lose? You know what I mean? Is Cooper Cup still the MVP? Yeah. So that, that's, that's weird. Yeah. That made no sense to me at all because at the end of the game there, when the Bengals are driving, if, uh, Joe Burrow has a little bit of time, Jamar Chase had put Lamp Ramsey on the ground. If he catches that touchdown, that. 30 yeah. seconds left and everybody's already put their votes in for Cooper Cup, that how that vote works doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. And, and look, had he made that a, had he made it, that would have been over. I had I had the Bengals on one bet that was like they were plus one seventy as a, as an underdog, and then of course I also had them winning uh you know plus four and a half. So if 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 they could have got that touchdown and won the game, I was going to see it pretty. <laughs> so let, you know we we were saying the real MVP though for the Rams was probably the Bengals' offensive line in the second half. I mean they they probably were the Rams' real MVP. <laughs> Unfortunately, that, that was the narrative going in though. So what kind of happened? The Bengals were playing ahead of themselves in the first half. The fact that they protected him the way they did. But then once they, once they, uh, got in that little kerfuffle on the sideline and they got Donald all fired up, man, it was just, it was downhill from there. Yeah. But Chad, but if you think about it, I mean, you know, you asked me about my feeling about the Chiefs. I mean, when you see that type of performance where they gave up seven sacks, that should further make people upset at what the Chiefs did the week, you know, two weeks before. You only sacked them once after they gave up nine sacks against the Titans and they gave up seven sacks against the Rams. Like, you know, you had, uh, uh, Chris Jones and, and Frank, Frank Clark and Belvin Ingram and all you got is one sack. Like there was footage where, where, where literally Jones had, oh, had yeah. and, and couldn't bring them down. And, and, and they and ripped these like, name plate well, off his jersey at one point, you know? Yeah. And just couldn't like, bring him so down. Like, yeah, so it's like people trying to blame Eric Bieniemy for the season. Like, no, the Chiefs had many a chances to win that game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they blew it. So I was going to ask you this. You brought it up. So I, I saw where a lot of people so seem to be overreacting about Eric Bieniemy right now. So is that is that just the 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 Twitter mob and the social media people getting too too crazy or what? No, it, it's it's somebody who has. A personal agenda for whatever reason, man, that, you know, writes a nonfiction article to where no sources, hearsay, conjecture. And it's like, and to be honest, my, uh, my boss at one of my stations sent me a text. I was like, Hey, what is this? So I, I, I sat down and you know, I was in my favorite spot. I was you know, sitting on the toilet. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm reading it. I'm like, and I text him back. I'm like, dude, I'm like, like, if any of it is true, I'm like, you know, a lot of, a lot of this stuff is hearsay because you don't put an, I mean, you put editorial board or editorial. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no contact. There's no names of who, who's part of the article, who's part of the staff. And you're just going to put this stuff out, you know, you, and then there's no sources. 
you know, you try to make it seem like somebody was covering the Chiefs long ago, whatever. Dude, I've been covering the Chiefs since 1994 when I was a sophomore in high school. Actually, 93. So when I was nice. a sophomore in high school, I was covering Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm like, this, you know, and for me, I got a degree in journalism from my college. So I know basic journalism one-on-one. I'm like, this is nothing for conjecture, hearsay, no sources. Man, I'm good. So I was, you know, and then, and then, you know, so I'm at work this morning. And I just happened to look on. I'm like, let me see what's on, what's going on Twitter. What I see trending, everything. Then I go and I'm like, oh god, this thing. And so, and then I see my guy Ryan Hughley down in Houston, you know, tweeting about it. And so then I see my guy Lance on uh, Facebook, and I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, you know, come on, man. I'm like, come on, man. y'all got to do your homework. And so I post a little something like, you know, if you believe this stuff, this is why, you know, why a lot of people don't get credential to cover. NFL, the teams, whatever you talk about this stuff online because this is Bushley journalism at its finest. And so, and then, you know, then uh, somebody have, happened to DM me, like, I guess somebody took a screenshot of what I posted, put it in this little Chiefs sub bulletin thing, whatever. So I had some guy named Clay Windler trying to come at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I took the article down. I'm like, are you serious? Like, I took the article down. Like, I mean, I stand by what I said. I'm like, you know, you know, y'all want to, you know, so so people want to throw shades with it. I'm like, that's fine, but here I discovered my fourth Super Bowl, right? and I got more to come. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm, I talked to the player. I actually have a standard appointment at the barbershop in front of Patrick each week, so you make something like I don't talk to the dude. I, you know, I, I to me and you, hell, me and every enemy was shooting text messages between each other, you know, saying while, while I was in while I was in uh, in L.A. I was asking him, was he coming down? He was like, nah, he said he was staying home, resting with his family. I'm like, cool. All right. You know, he was like, tell Joe, tell Joe Torrey, I said, what's up? I said, I sure will. So, I mean, it was like, you know, I, so when these people talk about their stuff and their sources, okay, fine. I got mine too. Uh, well, well, like you said, that, that article got ripped down. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the thing is, you got to be careful. You say all that. Now everybody's just going to be like, he's just out there covering for me enemy now. They're, they're too tight. He's, he, <laughs> you oh, know. Well, see, here's the thing. Cause I have to be with my station. You know, I'm like, it, first of all, if you don't have, see, the difference between me and other folk, I don't mind going, I go out there, everybody. I don't care if you're black, white, or different, because if you stick up the joint, call you out on it. I've called, I've called Andy Reid out. Hell, I, I've been taken to the call it like you see it. Chiefs PR. Hey, trust me, I've got in trouble with the Chiefs PR. They're like, you know, damn, we need to talk. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go again. You know, so, man, people, people like to come home. I'm like, I can't be a homer when I get my credentials threatened because of, because of the things I do and say, the things, you know, things I publish. So, now that's one of the reasons why we want to talk to you so much because you're definitely not a homer. It doesn't mean you don't root or cheer on those people you cover, but like you said, I, from a distance, everything we've seen, you call it exactly how you see it. And one other thing, because I know I'm not going to go somewhere, but I tell people, yeah, I'm from Kansas City. I didn't grow up a cheese fan, and I tell people the story all the time. I said because growing up, you know, I'm in church, so the cheese, especially in the '80s, they were a bad team. So they're playing at noon, you know. I mean, obviously every blue moon, you know, you play one of that. But, but they're when when they're playing a game, I'm in church. So by the time I get home from church and we get so, you know, and this is as a kid, even growing up to my early teenage years, you know, get home from church. Time I get get so to watch the games, 
it's the Dallas Cowboys 49ers on in the late afternoon game. The Chiefs didn't play the you know afternoon games like that. So now I grew up watching them. Now I knew about you know uh, uh, Fred Armbands and all these other players just because of, of history. You know I'm a student of history, but I just didn't watch the Chiefs. And then when I got a chance to cover the Chiefs as a sophomore high school. I got turned off at Joe Montana's retirement thing because I'm sitting next to Marcus Allen. And Marcus Allen was acting like a dick to me, and I'm a I was a sophomore junior in high school. Like, dude, seriously, this. So you know, so it, it turned me off from the Chiefs. And so the players now, you know, yes, we go. You know, uh, the barber, the Chiefs barber is my barber. And I, you know, I've been hanging out. I've been dealing with him since 2005. So for me, you know, he he, he sends them my way and vice versa. So for me, it's just one of those things where. I enjoy, you know, I like the players. I don't, you know, maybe I don't care for the organization as a whole, but I do want, I do want them to do what? Do like to see them have success. Because if they, if they're successful, you know, in turn, some of that success rubs off of me because people listen to what I have to say. You know, I get a chance to cover my go on the road, do this, and then in the Super Bowl, I mean, that makes my job that much more easier, much more enjoyable. Because for me, the highlight of my year each year is being able to go on radio, go, being able to go to the Super Bowl. So that's, you know, and if the Chiefs are there, it makes it that much better. Let's <laughs> say uh, Chiefs weren't there, but Patrick Mahomes was kind of there in spirit because Matthew Stafford was throwing no-look passes on that final drive. <laughs> People going nuts about that. I just had a question for you. Radio Row last week, the different sure. events you went went to. Who? What's the favorite event you went to or person you met that you hadn't met before that just kind of blew you away or was your biggest you looked up to this person and finally got a chance to meet him? Oh man, that's a that's one that's a good question. Um, I, well, because it was in LA, you you get a chance to see much more, much uh, many more celebrities because it's where they live versus them traveling to you know uh, Miami or some other place. So I, I think the one that was most shocking was I'd always heard Eddie Murphy's ex-wife Nicole Murphy was beautiful. I met her at least time or something. I was like, oh, you know, I saw her. I was like, hey, what's like? Hold on, let me get my phone out. Let me get the selfie with you. I'm like, okay. So meeting her was cool. Um, I, I'd say probably Morris Chestnut because it came out of nowhere. Like I was leaving the stadium uh, to go go back to the media workroom, and his wife stopped me and asked me if I knew where the casino was. I'm like, well, I, would, I don't know. I don't like, work here, you know. But then and he said something. I was like, and I, I was like Morris Chestnut. He said, Yeah. I was like, Hold on, man. Let me get a picture with you, Ricky. You know, from Boys to Hood. So I'm like, oh, hey. So you know, I'm excited, but. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, outside of that, I didn't really, uh, what, I didn't really like, I, I, I guess I would say those two for real because I didn't know what to expect just because being, being in LA, you just figured that you're just going to see any and everybody anyway. So I didn't really have any high hopes or aspirations that I would run into somebody in particular. So we, we know you got to run here, but I think what Biggie was angling for, one of the things he wants to know is if you spend any time around Michael Irvin and if he does light up a room like we think he does every time he walks into one. So technically, Michael Irvin was on radio roll like two or three days in a row. Uh, the answer is yes. He walks in and I don't know if he, if he, if he, if he sleeps in Red Bull, but he <laughs> walks into, he walks in and he's always like, on, 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 on 100. I'm like, bros, calm down. But, uh, no, he's, he's, he's great. He was, he was, um, I got a chance to meet him, but I didn't really get a chance to talk to him or anything like that because I was, I was, but I was really busy. All right. Last thing before we let you go, we know you got to go talk to, uh, Mahomes senior here, but what 
what are the main things the Chiefs have to do if you have to give me just like a 30-second monologue here? What do the Chiefs got to do here in the offseason in the draft to bounce back and and actually hold true to the Super Bowl odds that are gifted on them? They are the favorite along with the Bills. So what do they got to do? Chiefs got to get better on defense. They, they, they've got, you know, I think they have the nucleus at the linebacking core. Um, I think you need to continue to have depth on the front, on, on the defensive line, as well as the defensive backfield. I don't know what you do about Tyron Matthews. Um, I mean, I, I like to think that they're set on offense. Look, man, as, as much as people crap about the, the wide receivers, they did get to the AC Championship game with that core group. Uh, I mean, you can always get better. I don't, you know, I guess maybe you get rid of DeMarcus or you don't re-sign him. I mean, but, uh, you know, the Chiefs have a lot of money in place for just a few, for a few people. So depending on how they, how they decide to, uh, you know, to craft that, that's going to be, that's going to be an issue. All right. Awesome response. Last thing for you on a scale of one to 10, what did you give the halftime show? Oh, 12. Ah. <laughs> Hey, we were we were looking forward to the uh, results on the ratings because you know we we were joking with uh, the social media we we're putting the memes up about you know I'm not watching the NFL anymore and stuff like that but uh man uh, 100 uh, 103 million people stuck around watch the halftime show so it was one of the best ones man yes it was all right Darren thank you so much for joining us again after last week uh man means a lot and. Best of luck uh, with everything in the offseason, man. Keep grinding out there, and hopefully we'll reconnect down the road. We will. That's the promise. Thank you so much for having me again. All right, Darren. You be good, bud. All right. Take care, fellas. Man, that was a lot of fun talking to Darren. Uh, he, he brought the energy. I just wish we would have been able to encapsulate the energy that was there when he was in L.A. Um, and I, I, I spoke a little bit about this last night. Did you see the Rams parade? I saw that the Rams parade had less people at it than the Apoka Heritage Day. The Bengals uh, had a little celebration, which they should, damn it. You know, they, they went to a Super Bowl and they weren't expected to. There was more people that showed up for theirs in downtown Cincinnati than what L.A. got. Well, I think if LeBron would have got his wish because he wanted That's it to be what a happened, joint right? parade. It's because LeBron wasn't there. It just got ruined. But I, I will say – Stafford was drunk as hell. You know, here's the thing about Stafford being drunk as hell. That's all good. Even the goat Tom Brady told him to mix in water. Here's where he's getting killed. And I don't totally blame him because he stuck his wife on it. But there was a reporter or a uh, camera woman who fell off a stage and yeah. she was looking right at him when it happened. And he looked at her and he's so drunk. He turned to his wife. Just, and she took care of it. And people are killing him. Today. I, he, and they said he's away. paying for whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's just being trying to. Dude, do you not have that moment where you're just hammered and something happens? You're like, you just turn around. I can't do it. I can't do it. This isn't even real life yeah. right now. I'm just. Uh, when you looked at it, he thought they were in St. Louis. That guy's not helping anyone <laughs> fell down. Best thing he could do is ask someone else to help there. Man, what a what a time for them. And, and you know what? I, it was like 62 degrees in L.A. That's why nobody came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's too damn cold. It was 62 degrees here today, and, like, I wore a T-shirt and shorts most of the day. It was mid-80s for the Super Bowl. They had a little bit of a cold spell. Nobody wanted to go outside. Ah, man, just imagine living in that. Dude, I'll tell you this. Other other than that, Stafford seems like a good guy. That sucked, but the, you know they're going to help take out and you're Dude, a professional. If I was Stafford, if you, I'd have been the one falling off the stage. I'd have been <laughs> that big. 
I've been partying. Yeah, he had handlers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a dick, but I mean, if you fall off a stage, you fall off a stage. He right. didn't. He didn't push you. Um, the thing that I took the most from that entire thing was that Aaron Donald looks like the Incredible Hulk. Oh he God. looks like a oh professional. I'm more motivated now than ever to just keep slinging the weights oh. and hitting the gym. How can you look that good in a league that constantly tests you for performance enhancement? How can you be 300 pounds and have a six-pack? Jeez. And move like he does. Yeah. Holy cow. And we're sitting there talking about LT and guys like that. That's a conversation maybe for next week. We'll just go with like the most impactful defensive players of all time. That might be a fun one. So that way you got a week to do your homework. Joe Green. Mean Joe (laughs) Green here. Have a Coke. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on all available platforms. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. If you want the video version of the interview with Darren Smith, it'll be up on there. Also, it'll be on all our social media aspects. And Mr. Brown, we missed him tonight. But don't forget to check out America's Pastime, the love of baseball. He is constantly doing things for all of the fans out there, giveaways, uh, I was texting him earlier. We got some big names coming in that he was able to crowd. We're just waiting on the mail to run, so he's got more giveaways. He's got one coming up this weekend. How do you get involved and get a free autograph? Just get on the group and find out. But typically, just invite your friends. Invite your friends. Like and invite. That's it. And then uh, I want to also send a shout-out to our boy, LeVon Kirkland. It was his birthday today, along with Jim Brown. Is Jim Brown still considered a top three uh, running back of all time? If he's not top three, he's definitely top five. Uh, he's got to be. Oh, yeah. uh, he, he, he defined what it was to be a badass running back for the NFL. But all right, guys, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for hanging with us and letting us invade your ears, even if it was just for an hour. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We love you, Mr. Brown. <laughs>